Hello? Is this thing on? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for any listeners that are uh, listening right now, um, me and Avery just had a full 15, 20-minute conversation <laughs> that we thought we were recording about disc golf, and then it turns out that he had not pressed the record button. I accidentally pressed, are you ready to record? I accidentally pressed no, and then we just started talking. <laughs> Man, that's so disappointing because we were having a good conversation, too. Uh, so we're going to pick up where we left off okay. in the last non-recording session. Okay. So I asked him in the last so, – Welcome to the I Can't Deal With This podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, we have one of the regular brothers in arms. We have Avery, <laughs> who is the dumbass who didn't press record. Um, and the other brother in arm, Connor, he is taking care of some family issues. Um, and so we only have one of the – we have two of the three hosts yeah. this week. Um, but – let me ask you this. Uh, <laughs> we were at the very end of talking about this when we realized that we were not recording, but Alabama versus the worst NFL team. You're, you said in the non-recording <laughs> that you said that the worst, the Jets or the Texans would lock down the best Alabama team. Uh, yeah. you, do you stick by that statement? Not locked down. Like, it It'd be a blowout, but I think Alabama could score points in, like, the fourth quarter. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I'm thinking if we're talking about, on average, like a regular year, yes, the worst NFL team would be better than the best college team. But if we're going the best college versus the best – or the best college team versus the worst NFL team, I think that I'm going with the college team. I mean, you look at the Alabama team from two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they had Mac Jones, who's now a starter. They have Tua, who's now a starter. And Jalen Hurts, who's now a starter. They have Jalen Waddell. They had Devontae Smith. They have um, Jerry Judy. And they had Henry Ruggs. All, five, all seven of those players alone have been first-round picks. Um, and are influential to their team. Now, when you're talking about defense, defense versus like grown men or like the defense of Alabama, but even you look at defense, which arguably Alabama has been known for. Um, I- I'm just saying like in an average year, maybe not. Mm. But if we're talking about like the best Alabama team or best offense yeah. at a singular point, I- like the Al- Alabama team two years ago or even – hell even last year yeah. like you gotta say that they're they're putting up a fight they against have a good, that Owen 16 Browns team or that Owen 16 Lions team they, or whatever it they is. have they have a good chance but the only reason I say no is <clears throat> in college not everybody on the Alabama team is making it to the pros but everybody who's in the pros is already in the pros and has been for years but and I would agree with you but on teams like that Alabama Yes, maybe not everybody is making it to the pros, but I would guarantee I guarantee you that out of their 22 starters, I guarantee you on most Alabama teams at some point in their careers, probably about 10 to 12 of them yeah. are going to make it to the pros yeah. at least somewhat. But most now, most, I, I most do, schools know, but yeah. like we're talking about best college versus best pro team, but or worst pro team, but I, I don't know. It's hard for me to agree. I just I don't see a college D-line getting through a professional offensive line well i don't if we're if we're talking about even then so i do agree with you that maybe like the defense like the offensive line of alabama versus the defensive line of like the jets or something like imagine a 20 year old trying to block miles garrett yeah but like that all right let me ask you this we have so many offensive linemen for the Alabama. Like, they're known yeah. for their offensive linemen, and they're known for their defense. Yeah. Whereas it would perf- perfectly translate to – Yeah, it would. Yeah, it's – They, I, they I translate know. into first-round starters in the NFL, but it's just like not all of them are versus guys who are seasoned starters from other big schools too. I just – I think the odds are stacked against them. Like, it'd have to be a miracle. They would compete, but I don't think they would get – I, I don't know, dude. I like <laughs> – Say I don't know. This is it's like just, an age-old debate. This is an age-old debate. And usually I would say yes. Like, if we're talking about last year's Alabama team versus the Texans right now, which are arguably the worst team, then I would say, okay, the Texans. 
But if we're going the best college offense of all time, that Vince Young offense or that Reggie Bush offense or the uh, um, what what's his name uh, Joe Burrow offense from yeah. LSU a couple years ago, I mean, versus the uh, we're not talking about a regular team. I get we're it. not talking about like the like your Steelers or like the an eight and eight Cowboys. We're talking about like the zero and sixteen Lions team, See, who had Dan Orlovsky as their quarterback, running out the end zone, running out of the end zone. <laughs> I don't know. I I just don't see it happening. I uh, that zero and sixteen Lions team probably would, I, I would give it to them, but that Browns team that went zero and sixteen almost won like four games. No, I do agree. And with then you the on next that. year they did beat the Chargers. For their one game, and they unlocked the beer fridges. Remember, because yeah. if they won a game, they could unlock the Bud Light fridges. It took them two years to do it. That's crazy. Two, three years ago, they had to wait a year to get a win to unlock beer fridges, and, and now, now they the, think they run the division. Screw the Browns. Dude, the Browns do run the division. What we're they have to win it, it to run it. We're gonna see. We're gonna see it this year, because the Browns. I'm leaving. It's it's be. I'll be here by myself. Cleveland isn't. I'll put ten dollars down that they will finish second or third. I'll I'll take you up on that. All right, it's either Pittsburgh or Baltimore is winning the division. I'm still frazzled. I I can't keep my thoughts since um we had to restart. So well, we talked about disc golf and if it would be an Olympic sport, and we came to the conclusion maybe. It we depends on if it gets more exposure. That if it come if it gets more exposure, yes. But I think that it also depends on like. Yes, it might be big in America, and yes, it might be big in Europe, but also if it's not big in like other countries, like Asian countries or Middle Eastern countries or South American countries or Latin American countries, yeah. like I don't think that it can yeah. because like that'd be literally like like that should be more of like a, a American plus Europe yeah it, disc golf it needs to be worldwide tournament. Like, if it's just America and disc golf, then that's kind of discriminating against the rest of the world. Whereas, like, golf, golf's predominantly in Europe and yeah. in, like... I'm going to check you disc right quick and see if there's any courses in the Middle East. Okay, go ahead. I just want to know for myself. That would be wild. But I tell you what, though, I think disc, disc golf is on the up and up. I think it's going to take some time for them to become mainstream. But our, overall, I think, uh, I think that... The James Conrad shot of a couple of couple put, months ago. Put it on the map. Bro, Iceland has 59 courses. Iceland. Up between Canada and... Okay. That's crazy. Now I, now I want to know how... Sweden has like 1,000 or 781 courses. Germany has 400. France has 195. Spain has 36. The UK has 28. Norway. It must be big in the Netherlands because, like, Sweden, Norway, and Finland have, like, a 1,000 combined. 40 countries, as of 2020, 40 countries have disc golf courses. Bro, Saudi Arabia has some courses. Bro, the Saudis, bro. The Saudis be, be chucking the plastic. Damn. There's a... There's a course about 80 miles from Kabul. Probably shouldn't play out there right now. Too soon? Too soon. Uh, Too soon. There's one in Kyrgyzstan. Oh, Kyrgyzstan. Uzbekistan. There's only three courses in the Middle East. So uh, we, don't, we don't talk about this. India This is zero. not a po- political podcast. And I'm not going to talk about like whether or not we should get involved in Afghanistan. Japan has 20. Sorry. I'm done. Or 129. Okay, Japan got a lot. Um, but do you think... That's okay. We can talk politics. What do you think the U.S.'s role in, like, refugees should be? Do you think that we should have, like, an open border system? Do you think that we should have a quota from each country? Because there are thousands of people from Afghanistan who are trying to leave the country and seek refuge anywhere. Um, and it's the same thing at, with the Syrians a couple years ago. Like, it's the same problem. Yeah. Um, and so, they, they're, like, it's um, one of those things where it's like, do you you don't want to have everybody come in. And you don't want to just let people die. And, but you don't want to have people die. And it's one of those things where it's like, 
I think it's one of those tough things. Yeah, it is. And I don't know whether there we have an answer to it. I don't know whether anybody has an answer to it. I'm the best thing that I could think that's kind of in the middle is like having like a quota. But like when you think about it, even then it's like imagine like you split a family up or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's um, I don't I don't get paid enough to have to answer these questions. I'm, it's not my position. And you know who I d- does get paid enough? Uncle Joe. Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I don't want to make a comment and say something that could label me as something I'm not, but I I think... You don't want to get canceled? Not canceled. I just don't want someone to think I'm a Republican or a Democrat because I think some way, even no, I feel I'm you. very moderate on both sides. But I just... I think you should help people, but people are so scared of terrorism that they don't want to just let everybody in, plus affording it at the same time. Well, dude, I think it's one of those things where it's like people are so afraid of terrorism, but like how can we take care of other people when we can barely take care of ourselves? It's not even that we can't. It's they don't want to. Yeah. It's the marginalization of the poor versus the rich. Yeah. And I think that it's hard for America because for so long – we were like the watchdogs of democracy. Mm-hmm. We were like the police dogs of democracy where like you look at Vietnam, you look at Korea, we didn't want anybody these, being communist. <laughs> we didn't want the the Middle East. We didn't want Asia to be kind of that domino theory of if one person becomes a communist, then everyone. literally everyone will. And so we've been a watchdog of democracy for literally 50 75 100 years um and so i think that america is having a rough time because some people still want us to be a watchdog but there's also a growing population that are very much like isolationism stay out of it um and i think that that's why personally and this is kind of just my personal opinion on it i think that that kind of contrast of some people want to be watchdogs and gung ho and other people's want to be isolationists and want are very anti-violence. I think that's why our military doesn't succeed because like they're never put in a situation. Things take time. And so when people are dying in Afghanistan, a lot of people go in and they're like, you need to help these people. But then when people actually start dying, U S troops start dying in Afghanistan. They're like, why are we even over there in the first mm-hmm. place? And it's like, bro, like Afghanistan, like if you want Afghanistan to be a legit country, like like a thriving country, it's going to take some time. And it's going to take U.S. presence because the U.S., whether we like it or not, is one of the biggest, the biggest military powerhouse no, in the world. We're the number one military. And we, we have the most spending, military <laughs> spending by like, Literally four times everybody else. Like, yeah. it's outrageous. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where, like, people... It's kind of this instant gratification type thing. Um, people think like, it's going to happen overnight. Yeah, like, people... Oh, just, we should just leave and they'll fix themselves. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like, no, it's and not. And it's one of those things where, like... We're like, okay, in this happened in Afghanistan, even in the early 2000s. It's happened in Iraq and Iran and all these other Middle Eastern countries. It happened in Vietnam. We're like... We just the made US, it worse. The U.S. would come in and they would help the Afghanistan or, or the the like rebel army, not mm-hmm. the Taliban, obviously. Um, but they would like come in and they would like take over a city. But then they would like leave the city and the Taliban would just yeah, come back it's, over it's and take over like, the city. And so the U.S. is to a certain extent shooting itself in the foot because they're not. Like the U.S. cannot make up its mind whether it wants to be a military powerhouse and actually like be a police officer, the the watchdog of democracy, or we want to be isolationist. And I think that that's one of the big downfalls of the U.S. And we have gone very astray from the sports podcast that we were supposed that's to okay. be. It's okay. It's a good conversation. We, we can get back to football. So Pat, this Pat's right here. Uh, we were talking about disc golf. Uh, for 15 minutes before anything happened. Um, I heard the, the oh shit moment when you realized you hadn't been recording yep, that whole yep, time. Yep, that happened. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. You're you're probably the biggest disc golf guy. Do you think that at any point or at all, do you think that we will disc golf will be an Olympic sport? Not for a long time, but the possibility is there. What do you think will, would have to happen in order for it to be an Olympic sport? 
Um, just mainly needs to become more popular in more countries because right now the two big players are America and Europe. And even on top of that, you have kind of the the same paradox that UFC had when it was first coming up is that there's really good fighters in lots of different countries. But the main scene is in America. And so if you want to actually go to that next level, you have to come here. Um, so even watching the European Open, which was played about two weeks ago, European players only, um, the commentators even have to make notes that those guys' uh, rating is actually kind of inflated because they play with worse people. And if they were coming to America, they would actually end up dropping like 30 points off of their rating. That makes which sense. takes you from uh, 30 points takes you from like the top, you know, five players in the world to the top 100 players in the world so it's a it's a big loss yeah and basically they just don't face as good competition so they don't get as good so you're gonna have to see a lot of countries and a lot of places like europe and then i think even china and japan actually have high level caliber players or else we're basically just seeing a european tour which is something they used to do before covid all the american players would go play in europe and do you think that that takes exposure do you think that that takes the at the disc golf association to go like to plant in different places like what do you think how do we get more disc golf in more countries because we looked at it today there's 40 countries that have at least one disc golf course um which like yes 40 countries is a lot but if you're talking about that comparative to the high 100 countries that there are in the world like that's chump change that's literally like one fourth or one fifth I think Maybe. realistically, it's just a time thing. Uh, and the reason why I would say that is because disc golf is still a relatively young sport. Uh, it was really brought up in like the 60s and 70s, and that was more frisbee golf. And the modern discs we know today didn't come around to the late 80s and 90s, um, which for reference, you can probably throw a frisbee. I don't know, good guys might could get it 300 feet. The modern discs we have today, pros can throw up to 800-something feet. They can throw it 800 feet? Yeah, the world distance record is about 1,200 feet now. Holy God, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we so, do. But basically the... Holy piss. Well, that's that was actually, actually... That was uh, that goes to uh, another point. Avery said there's a course in Antarctica. And that's why I think it's just a matter of time. Is I believe disc golf is one of the most accessible sports out there. Um, the reason I say that is because equipment on a person-by-person basis, super, super cheap. Even setting up a course compared to any other sport is probably cheaper than almost any other sport. And realistically, like say you were some poor kid out in the slums of some country, you could buy two discs and go out and pick out some trees and play a course just the same as a pro would play with real baskets. And so yeah. it's just a matter of time for the sport to grow and kids to watch pros and get excited by it and for that to spread like wildfire everywhere because we're actually starting to see that first wave of people that grew up watching the Paul Macbeths, Ricky Wasaki, Simon Lazats, and now those kids are playing on tour and they are blowing people away like you have 19 year old kids playing with five times world champions and hanging right there with them the whole tournament so it's probably I would say realistically 20 years minimum but I think it's going to be one of those things that, like, unlike, say, American football, it actually has a chance because nobody else really plays American football and it's way too expensive to try to catch on in other places. So let me ask you this. Hammer me. I'm, I'm talking to you. What's the next, what's the next big tournament for the, the big guys, for the, for the disc golf players? So that, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know off the top of my head. They play one probably every two weeks, something like that. Um, so they just finished the Delaware Open uh, this past week. And so the schedule slowed down just a little bit, and they will probably play another weekend tournament, probably not this weekend, but the next weekend. There's an MVP Open at Maple Hill. Yeah, that's actually the next. Yeah, that would be the next So I need, I, need, I need you, Pat, I, focus. I need you right now. Since you are a resident disc golf expert, give me the winner. Who who's winning? Who's winning this whole thing? You know, believe it or not, that's that's harder to answer than you would believe. Oh, because I can only imagine. Lately, 
Um, and Maple Hill is more wooded, and wooded courses level the playing field a lot. So if you get on an open course, you probably have five or six standouts that are just going to be like you could pick any one of those in any given tournament they might win but when you come to a wooded course we actually just had a guy at the delaware open he won his first major event and he's never even won an a tier or a b tier excuse me no he's won one b tier and he just he just came out and beat the best player one of the best players in the world and the best player playing this year Beating by five strokes. He who's, beats, who's the best player in the world right now? So, I would say Macbeth is probably, I would say, most people's equivalent best player in the world. But he has had very much an off year. Ricky Wasaki, I think, has been one of the most consistent players this year. Who is a two-time world champion. And he got beat by five strokes. Which is something that does not happen. Especially from a guy who has never even won an A-tier event. Alright, let me ask you this. So, you are a big disc golf guy but you also know your way around sports in general what would be give me and you don't have to go through a lot of them but what's an equivalent to another sport so like the the nate sextons of the world like who would they equip who would you equate them to in like basketball or football or baseball or anything like that so if we're gonna starting off with our our kind of look at it i think your paul Macbeth is definitely the LeBron James of the sport. Okay. And then you have uh, your Ken Climo, who won 12 championships, but he won it in the olden era. So in some ways, he's like – He's kind of like the Michael Jordan or he's like the, the Bill Russell? He's like the John Stockton in some okay. ways. Of like He's got these crazy numbers, but realistically, he wasn't playing against guys that can throw 600-something feet. So he's the Wilt Chamberlain of the day. Somewhat, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um I like to say John Stockton because they're all freaking white. Disc golf is a white guy's sport. True. Um, it's just how there it are is any, right now. There are there any African-American brethren that are on, like, the tour? There are about two that I've seen. How Out of how many are we talking? Like, 200, 300, Most of the time it's probably, like, now, touring professionals is a whole other thing. Realistically, guys who are actually making their living and go on tour, like, the full summer, you probably only have, like, say, 30 guys, 40 yeah. guys. Uh, of the people that show up to majors and are actually majorly ranked, and basically what they'll do is they'll play every major event in their state and in bordering states, but they're not going to, like, drive to California from North Carolina. That makes sense. That is probably a range of several thousand um, because at any given tournament in any given state, you're going to have 150 people show up. Uh, and those are the people playing in the majors. So of the touring guys I know, there's basically only one or two. Mm. Um, but that being said, uh, your Ricky Wasaki is, I would say, there's not a great comparison, but he's kind of been the guy that has always been hot on Macbeth's heels. Like every time that they've had a throwout. KD. I, I was thinking Steph or KD in those respects of like, he is definitely every bit as talented as Macbeth, but Macbeth has just been in his prime, and how are you going to beat a guy that's in his prime? Just so are they like the same thing? age? Yeah, they're pretty much the same mm-hmm. age, and for a while there, they were trading off world championships back and forth. That's crazy. Um, and so they were just going head-to-head. But then you kind of have your your new up-and-comers with people like Eagle McMahon. Uh, he's been on Eagle. fire. Yeah, uh, he's been on fire. He's one of those guys that can throw 700-something feet when he lets it go, uh, and it's just wild. And this season, he's been on fire, and I think realistically we're going to see a world championship out of him in the next two years. Good for um, But yeah. he is still – this is definitely obviously not his rookie season, but I would say this is his breakout season. Like okay. He's had breakout wins before, but he won three majors this season already, and he has had – no ceasing of like leading the tournament Luka after Doncic. two rounds. Yeah, realistically, you're seeing somebody like Luca, or in some ways the Greek freak. Uh, yeah, about like he's been showing up and doing this game and just ridiculous stuff, but he's just now finally starting to cash in on some of those wins, getting that mental game right and everything. Well, Pat, we we greatly appreciate you talking disc golf with us. Um, he had. He'd been wanting to talk disc golf with us for a while. Yeah. He said that disc golf was the next up and coming thing. So I'm glad that we could actually we could actually uh, talk to him about it. So Avery, I come back to you. 
he just left. Um, Bye. So, <laughs> um, just drops Mike, leaves. Um, Cam Newton getting released. Good, good idea, bad, bad idea. For anybody who doesn't know, Cam Newton got released from the Patriots. Um, literally either one day after or the same day after um, Mac Jones got named uh, the it week the one same starter. Day. So, number one, two, two questions for you. Number one, do you think this was a good idea? Number two, what are one or two possible kind of landing destinations for Cam Newton? Um, I don't think it's a bad move but i just think it wasn't i think it's an okay move i don't like it personally i think mac jones is young i think he is a good player i think he's gonna be fine his career is gonna be okay i just i think you should have eased him into it i think cam still has a lot of tread left on his tires i think carolina and boston both treated him bad on his way out um i mean before he got covid they were considered contenders with Cam. And, like, yeah, he played bad, but it, he still wanted – He also couldn't breathe that well. Like, yeah, he I, didn't have all lung capacity. Yeah, I, I, I don't – I'm not a Cam hater. A lot of people in North Carolina hate Cam Newton. I don't get why or they think he's, like, a fraud. But it's like this dude won MVP. They went 15-1 and won one year. A lot, a lot of people. And I'm gonna make some people upset. You know why people? Because he's him. black. Is because that there's a subtle type of racism yeah. that goes on. And I know that people are gonna hate that I say that, but no, I it, mean, it's there's... one of those things where it's like the old way of doing things. It's just like and, the... and it could. It, I let me take that back. It might not be the the racism aspect, but it's Cam very much Newton the... had a very much a new new age style of playing it's just like the, the shut dabbing, up and dribble yes it's the it it's exactly that it's the shut up and dribble um you got the tony larusas of the world who want things to just be shut up and play you don't have any kind of like personality personality or anything like all these that. things make the game fun and i think just because a guy dabs or it's like we were talking about the taunting like it's stupid if you get Bill Belichick. There's an old clip of him saying, "If you tackle someone, I want you to be happy that you made a play." You know what I mean? Which yeah. is funny because he's the one who released him. But that's not why he got released. He, not to cut you off, but like Cam's a great player. I think he's. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be one of those all-time greats. Up there. You think so? I think so. If he can get back on track and prove himself, I don't know whether I think that like yes, he's good, but like I'm going to be honest with you. Over a career, I don't know whether he's better than Michael Vick. Because has I more think, rushing yards and touchdowns. I think and stuff. he has more rushing yards and touchdowns. And an MVP. But I think that, and he has an MVP. I will give you that. But like, if you look at the years that Michael Vick was dominant in the league, we're talking about at least two to three years. Whereas you give me one, you got Cam's MVP caliber season. Yeah. And his rookie year, question mark? Like, Didn't he win he, rookie of the year? He did win rookie of the year. But, like, if we're talking about Michael Vick being arguably one of the best in the league at a time period in which you had, like, when he was playing, we're talking about a time period where Tom Brady's in his prime, Peyton Manning's in his prime, Drew Brees is ben. in his prime, Ben – Eli, Phillip, all of these guys are in their prime, and Michael Vick was still electric, electrifying audiences. Now, I will tell you that, like, if we're talking about one of the most dominant physically imposing runners, the most dominant physically imposing runner is at Cam quarterback Newton. is Cam Newton, and I will give you that. But like, I just think I don't think that he's going to be an all-time great. I think that he's going to be a trailblazer for number one, African American quarterbacks, but number two, the running quarterback. I yeah. will give him that. I, but I think that people are going to look. Personally, I don't think that he's better than like the uh, Steve McNair's of the world or the who, who's the Eagle? Who's the Eagle? Donovan sport? McNabb? No, the one right before that, Randall, Randall Cunningham's Cunningham. of the world. Personally, I think he's going to. I don't think he's better because he's not a better passer than them two. But I think he's going to be up there as one of those guys that's not Hall of Famer, but is always appreciated. And I yeah. just wish people would stop saying he's a bum and just give him his flowers. No, I, I do agree you know with I mean? you that I think, 
And Cam Newton said it recently. He said, there's not 32 guys better than me. And I do agree with him. I do think that there are not 32 guys better than him. And I don't think that he's a high-tier quarterback anymore. But if we're talking about him versus the Jared Goffs of the world... I mean, he instantly would make the Lions better. Yeah, like, I mean, we're talking about a guy who, like... Before Lamar Jackson, and I know Lamar Jackson was more of like a speed runner guy, Mm -hmm. but like Cam Newton is the epitome of a running quarterback and somebody that you couldn't. They made the read option like very popular in NFL. Yeah, yeah. And it sucks that his injuries with his shoulder um, kind of. From TJ Watt. Well, do you remember... He'd been dealing with that for like three years. I was about to say, do you remember... I think it started when he had, got that car accident. Um, yeah. Do you remember that? I think we... In I his think ankle, too. it was too. like in 20... 2015. 15, yeah, because I think I was in high school still. It was the year after the Super Bowl, right? It or it might have been the year be. before. I think it was the year before. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's just one of those things with like Cam where like... Yes, I don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer, but I do think that he – I'm going to be honest with you, and this is going to be a hot take, the hot takes of hot takes. But if you're giving me Cam for this season versus Tua, i take Cam. I would take I Cam too. I don't like Tua. I don't think Tua is that great of a quarterback. I don't think so either. I think he's a South Southpaw quarterback. Don't usually succeed unless yeah, you're Michael Vick. Yeah. Um, or I forget the other guy, Steve Young. Steve Young, but yeah. But they were both mobile. Yeah, no, but for real. Steve Young was also a phenomenal passer. Yeah. but um, And he had Jerry Rice, so that helps. So let me ask you this. So we're talking about Cam Newton, and just to get my opinion on the whole situation, I, I have said this from the jump. I think in the same thing that I would say about Mac Jones, the same thing that I'm saying about Trey Young right now, I think that these young guys, if they're thrust into a situation too early, it can stunt their growth long term. Trey Young. Uh, you know, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. That's what I meant. Like, Trey Young from the Hawks. <laughs> um, so I, so like I think that if they're thrust into the spotlight a little bit too early, then like it's going to stunt their growth long term. And it, I think that if you look at any may, and this is, I mean, this is a hot take, but like if you look at any great NFL player, they learn behind a vet. They want. Uh, Tom Brady had Drew Bledsoe. Aaron Rodgers had uh, uh, Brett Favre. Philip Rivers had Drew Brees. <laughs> Philip Rivers had Drew Brees, and so Dwayne like, Haskins had Ben Roethlisberger. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> don't say that. No, that's a joke. That's Dwayne a joke. Haskins sucks. Um, we'll talk about him in a second. No, we but don't have it's to. it's just one of those things where like if they it there's value in leadership leadership and learning up like under. A good guy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yes, can't like Mac Jones learn a little bit from Cam, but like, if you you have an MVP right there, and like, it's just you tossed him away, like, no it, thought about it. Yeah, it's, it's like, just the nature of it. It was and weird. It's not like you're paying him $20 million. It was a one year deal. Yeah, I think Cam was on a one year deal for like three mil, mm-hmm. which in like starting NFL like salary, that is like, Chump change. That's like literally like the league minimum. But I think it's just one of those things where like the same way in which I think Cam Newton should have started the season. And if things start getting bad, okay. You, if Mac Jones is good, I'll eat my words. If he's good day one. But I just I think. I don't think he will be good day one. I think that he is the most pro-ready quarterback. But I'm going to be honest with you. His mobility is he's just an me. issue. But I'm going to be honest with you. We could say the same thing about Tom Brady, and I and I don't want to compare Tom Brady to Mac Jones because even though they technically have similarities in their like pocket playing style, style and pocket and lack of mobility, like Tom Brady is a six round pick. He has, I think, what sets Tom he, Brady he worked apart for everything he got. He yeah. dedicate. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say he just. He studied. You, I I've messed up because I realized what I did. So you continue. Uh, My no, bad. it's just it's just one of those things where like Ugh. I think that Tom Brady, just like Kobe, just like Michael Jordan, he had the work ethic and he had to overcome numerous obstacles. Um, 
And I don't know whether Mac Jones, hopefully he has the same dedication. And I'm going to be honest with you, like, I saw something today, and this is going to be my next question. I saw something today that said, Bill Belichick, without Tom Brady, is just a regular coach. Disagree. You disagree? Because he, he was on the Giants, bro. Like He was on that Super Bowl winning Giants team. He was the head coach. But he's just not another another coach, bro. I'm going. I'm going to be honest with you. They were good with Drew Bledsoe. I I think that he's an above average coach. You agree? But I'm I'm saying I'm. You think after the Bucks win, it solidifies the statement? I think that if there is a power grab for who was more important to the Patriot way to the Patriot dynasty. Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick. Oh. Tom Brady is number one, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I I'm not. I don't think that he's a regular coach. I don't. Yeah. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. But I will agree that like Bill Belichick's top five. But if we're talking about pure, like pure coaching ability, I would put Andy Reid above him. Yeah, because like I think Andy Reid is a like. No, oh, yeah, he's Andy Reid is the mastermind behind that offense. Like he is that dude. Um, no, I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. I think without Tom Brady, they wouldn't have any of the rings that they have. I just think he's more of a defensive-minded coach, and just saying he's an ordinary coach is kind of crazy to me because all those teams would have been insane even with just a normal quarterback. Because dude, coach Lawrence Taylor. You know what I mean? Dude, like, always had a top 10 defense for Tom in their Super Bowl wins. I just – I think it's crazy to, like, just totally defame a dude's legacy because one player was on the team. How much – and we're t- since we're talking about Tom Brady, it kind of popped in my mind because you were talking about all those Super Bowl wins. How much do you take away the the kind of – circumstances around Tom Brady's wins with like Spygate with Deflategate like How does that take away from his legacy a lot for you because like even without that and I know that we're talking about like even so you talk about his Super Bowl wins you got like J- John Casey like kicking it out of bounds. That's how they won. That could be one of your Super Bowl wins taken away. You you talk about Spygate, which happened. The you, tuck rule. The tuck rule, which happened. D Ford um, being offsides. D Ford being offsides. You also got um, the twenty eight to three fiasco. You got the Rams chutting in the Super Bowl. <laughs> There's a like, whole conspiracy. That he's but just... like, do you think that that like he won? But, like, there's always circumstances around it. Does that not, like, he still has seven Super Bowl rings. Like, does that take away from his legacy for you? For me? Well, I'm, yeah, I hate you. I hate Tom Brady. I'm, like, when he was in New England, he... Is he the GOAT? Yeah, he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. I, I can't even debate it. He's the greatest football player of all time. Yeah, I agree. I Championships Top plus... five. Top five football players. Give them to me. In order. Tom. Okay. Okay. Can I change it? He's the greatest quarterback of all time. All right. Give me. We're going go to go. The top of the top. Then I'm going to go. Then I'm going to go Jerry Rice. All right. Lawrence Taylor. Okay. Tom Brady. Okay. This work is tough. There's so many good running backs to think about. Walter Payton. And then Mean Mean Joe Green. Okay, I can respect that. I think the top three are solidified. I mean, you got Jerry, LT, Tom. In in what order? I'm going with Tom just because, like, Tom, number one, he's been doing it for just think, yeah, over 20 years. You can't deny he it anymore. He has seven Super Bowl rings. Um, then second, I would probably go with Lawrence Taylor just because I think that he's the most dominant Aaron Donald, if he keeps it up, could pass him. I agree. I well, no, I don't know whether he he could pass him. I think that Aaron Donald could be the best defensive tackle, but I don't know whether he could ever pass Lawrence Taylor. I think Lawrence Taylor had an intimidation tactic to him, mm-hmm. where like Lawrence Taylor was scary. Was was scary. Like he was ready to die. He would bite in kneecaps. That field. <laughs> yes, he would die. He would bite kneecaps on the way up. Wasn't he the one that hurt? 
Joe Theismann. Yes, but but he, he didn't mean to. Yeah, he didn't mean to. Um, but so one Tom, two LT, three. I'm going with Jerry Rice as well. Um, number four, um, you gotta go. It's hard. There's so many good running backs. Um, Barry. I got to go with Barry just because in his prime, I think that he was the best running back we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. But the same thing in which about Megatron, like he just didn't do it long enough to be like a lot of people could consider him to be the number one, but it's like, ah, what do you do? Because he only played for like nine, 10 years. I had to say sweetness. It's it's the sweet one. (laughs) OJ Simpson. Huh? OJ Simpson. Oh no. (laughs) Um, And then for my, this is going to be a hot take. Dick Lane, the Midnight Train, number five. I don't think anyone will know that except for our dads. Dick Lane, the Midnight Train, has the single season record for the most interceptions, interceptions. in the season. Yeah. He's goaded on Madden Ultimate Team. He is. Dude, my man's nice with it. So, give me your uh, your quarterback. Oh. Your, your quarterback well, list. I never got to tell you where I thought Cam would land. Oh, okay. Yeah, Go ahead. So, there's three options that I see. Um, Washington, but that already got denied by Ron Rivera because Ron doesn't want any unvaccinated players. So that puts my theory out the window. Um, Who's behind Fitzpatrick? No one. Oh, we, uh, Taylor Heineke, the guy who almost oh, yeah. beat the Patriots. Or not the Patriots, yeah, the Buccaneers in the playoffs. Um, I was going to say Carolina as a reunion. And now this is crazy. I know they want Sam Darnold. They traded for him, but if you bring Cam Newton, you traded him for a six-round pick. Like, yeah, just have him be your backup because yeah. he struggled against four stringers in his preseason game. So whatever. Um, bring Cam back, bro. Give him the best weapons he's ever had. Facts. See if he can still play. Facts. What's the harm in it? Or bring him in as a backup and force Sam Darnold to play good. If not, you got your old boy back. You know what I mean? Say like, make up. Hands last year didn't happen. We love you, dude. Superman's back. Only a man could dream. I'm not a Panthers fan, but Cam Faithfuls could dream. You're but missing the most obvious one. I was going to say Houston. My, my, yeah. my yeah. number one yeah. is Houston. Houston. And I say Houston because their GM, Nick Casero, Cassie, I don't know how to say his last name. He was in the front office of New England when they signed him last year. And now he's the Texans GM and the Texans love expatriates. And if Deshaun Watson goes down for his stuff, like goes to jail or can't play or whatever, you got literally like not as good of a passer, but same bodied player. Yeah. Who could just whatever you think you're gonna do this year, he's he could he's serviceable. Yeah. Alright, I have one more question before we get to your segment. I saw this while I was scrolling through tic, uh, through Instagram the other day. Okay. Which shot are you taking? A layup for a thousand. This should have been our opener, but a layup for a thousand, a free throw for fifty k, a three pointer for a hundred k, or a half court shot for a million. Free throw. I was probably gonna go free throw as well. I think free throw I can reasonably hit. I don't know, bro. I might go with the layup because I know that I can hit a layup. <laughs> Your boys like Shaq at the front yeah, line. But the thing like, is, it's bad. I feel like if I knew the circumstances, I would overthink it and somehow brick a layup. You, you ever done Dunk. that? You ever, yeah. you ever played basketball, like organized basketball? Yeah. You ever have like a free layup and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm about to make it. And you just well, my, throw it off the backboard. My thing is, is that I run – so like usually when I do layups, I get into the habit of like kind of slowing down or like kind of jogging and then laying it up. But most of the time when I'm like – playing organized basketball i'm like sprinting at and the, then you to like the basket throw it off the and back. i just like throw it off the backboard and it doesn't even hit the it's backboard. so embarrassing because you know everyone in the crowd's like dang this dude's trash yeah and you're like for real. i don't suck i'm just anxious yeah it- <laughs> all right hit your get your uh oh, crap thing. all right also while while he's getting his stuff ready uh cristiano ronaldo um he went to uh manchester united oh yeah um he is getting a return I actually, fun fact, think that this is more shocking than the Messi thing, just because to me, him leaving Juventus or whatever, wherever he was with, um, I thought that that was like came out of nowhere. And I know that he was supposed to go to Man City, but that deal deal fell through. Um, but man, he's going back. He's kind of going back to where it all started. So good for him. 
All right, All right. What we got? Okay, so I didn't write them down this time, so I'm sorry. I'm just gonna tell you. Try and okay. try and memorize. Okay. <laughs> um, where's it at? So four thousand five hundred eighty-one passing yards. That's a lot. Sixty-five percent completion. Twenty-six he, to make to make it easier on all of us. Just give me. The yards, yards, touchdowns, interception, and then their rushing yards and their rushing. Okay, four thousand five hundred and eighty-one passing yards. Okay, twenty-six touchdowns, eleven interceptions. Doesn't say. If you don't have rushing yards, then that's fine. I got them right here. Uh, twenty-nine rushing yards, two touchdowns. Okay. I'm so sorry. while we are waiting, um, if you were a fish, what kind of fish would you be? <laughs> uh, a puffer fish, clown fish. Me or you? Fucking dog Nemo. No. Me and Nemo, we boys. Okay, so Afghanistan. Ne- what? How did, we, <laughs> how did we get talking about politics today? I don't know, but it's okay. All right, so next guy. 3,733 yards, 15 touchdowns. It doesn't have the interception. 11 interceptions. Okay. That's not very good. No. All right. Well, he's getting the third guy. <laughs> I'm sorry that you're listening to this. I, well, look, I never had time to get it ready, so that's my fault. Uh, okay. 2,942 passing yards. 2,947. Okay. No, 42. 42, I'm sorry. Uh, 24 touchdowns. Six interceptions. Okay. All right. Last guy. Okay. <sighs> Four thousand. Dang. 4,633 passing yards. Dang. 40 touchdowns. 12 interceptions. All right. And his rushing yards. Don't worry about that. 30. 30. And nice. three touchdowns. Nice. I'm going that this is the NFC North. No. Who would have AFC West? No. Okay. Who would have two people with over 4,500 yards? It definitely ain't the NFC least. No. It definitely is not. It's definitely not the NFC West. No. It's not the NFC. It, it could be the NFC South. NFC it, South? It is. Um, is Tom Brady the one with quarterback four? Yes. Is Matt Ryan quarterback one? Yes. Is oh we got Teddy B. Um, I'm going Teddy B. It's the 3,300 yards one. 33. Uh, it was like 3,000 something. That's him. And then Drew Brees is the 2,000. Yeah. I actually. Oh, wow, good job. To, if you want me to order them, I think that based on pure statistics, number one is Tom. Yeah. Number two. I didn't is know Matt. he had 40 touchdowns. I'm going number three actually is Drew. Yeah. Because, like, yes, like, Teddy B had, like, more yards. But he, he had like no had scores. had way more interceptions and didn't have that many touchdowns. Yeah. And so, like, I'm going I'm going with my boy Drew. Because I think, yes, he didn't have that many yards, but I think 20 touchdowns and I think you said, like, six interceptions. That's a pretty good ratio. It was, like, 26 and six. Oh, we got to talk about uh, Garner Minshew, the stash, being traded to the Eagles. He shaved his mullet. Do you think that that changes? Like, do you think Jalen Hurts is starting jobs in the air a little bit, or do you think yes. that you think it does? I think he's definitely kind of like a little fire under his seat right now. Like he's got to prove th- himself because Gardner has proven that he can play. At Gardner, and he's and not you know, bad at all. And you know who's the third string? Nick Foles. Joe Flacco, bro, the man, <laughs> my man is elite. <laughs> Elite. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. Joe Flacco's not bad. It's not great either. 
All right, here we go. So we are going to do the uh, – since it's just the two of us, we're going to do the wheel, uh, NFL wheel team. Um, it is going to be kind of like we had uh, last week where it is going to be quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and then an offensive line. Um, Avery, since you get to decide, would you like us to alternate? Kind of Yeah, let's things? alternate. And we're going to eliminate as we go. So, like, it's going to be interesting. Oh, so, like, we don't get to use the same teams. We don't get to get – we don't get to use the same teams at all. So, you said QB, running back, running back, receiver, receiver, tight end, flex. Often flex, offensive line, defensive – or defense. O-line and defense. Yes, and this is an all-time team. Okay. All-time. Okay. All-time. Here we go. I – would you like – would you like first, or would you like me to go first? Uh, you can go first. All right. The first one is the uh, Falcons. Give. Are we going defense team or defense player? Just do team. Just team. Yeah, because. Uh, give tell me, me the Tony year. Gonzalez. Tony, dang. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Uh, the second one, or for you, your first one is the 49ers. Jerry Rice. Ooh, that's a good one. I actually thought you were going to go Joe right there. Uh, mine is the Baltimore Ravens. Give me the defense for the Baltimore Ravens. The, which, which one? The 2000s with 2000s Ra- Jerry not Jerry Rice, um, Ray Lewis, and um, what's what's Ed Reed? Ed Reed, that's his name. And Terrell Suggs and and, and Nara. and I hate him. Uh, the Rams <laughs> is yours. Come on, you um, got to do it, Dickerson. Yeah, I was thinking. Um, Tory Holt. I was gonna say Marshall Falk. Either one of those. I'm I'm going Marshall Falk. Mine is the Rams. Um, I'm actually going with. I thought we can't use the same team. I'm sorry. It was Raiders. I'm sorry. Oh, Raiders. Um, I'm actually going to go with Bo Jackson here. For the running back? Yeah. Okay. Bro, but I've said it on the podcast, but Bo, Bo if he didn't get hurt, greatest running back of all time. Put it down. Uh, you have the Seahawks. Steve Largent. Motherfucker. No, I can't dude. do that. That's that's Connor's guy. Um, do I go Russell Wilson? Yeah, or Marshall Lynch. Or Marshawn Lynch. I'm I'm gonna put Marshawn Lynch as my flex. Uh, I had the Patriots, so you you know your boys got to get Tom. Wow. I'm saving my quarterback because I know I'm going to get a. You have the Chargers right now. <sighs> Your favorite running back of all time? Yeah, Ladanian. I'm glad you remember that. That makes me happy. We talked about it one time. Ooh, Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to be outside the box. Tony Vic. Gonzalez? <laughs> Give me uh, Chris Y2K, Chris Johnson. For the Chiefs? Yeah. He played on the Titans. He definitely played on the Chiefs for a while, but are you sure? Yes. Okay. Um. Hold on. Now, I, now you've made me doubt. So we got. Wait. No. Three. I. I'm pretty sure he played on the Titans. He did play on the Titans, but he also played for the Chiefs. Did he? Yes. For how long? I don't know. I guarantee you that he played for the Chiefs. I don't know for how long though. I don't think that it was that long. Bro, he played for the Titans, Jets, and Cardinals. He never played for the Chiefs. Fake news. I think you're thinking Jamal Charles. That is who I was thinking of. Now I'm just disappointed. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was about to say, Chris Johnson never played for the Chiefs. No, who do I want for the Chiefs? Uh, well, you, you already got a quarterback and a tight end. Give me... Who put Kelsey in your flex? Give me Tyreek. Okay. Yeah. It's not what I no, it's not ideal, especially when it t- turns to wide receivers. Lo- like 
all-time wide wide receivers. You could have did Jamal Charles. Oh, Drew. Drew. You and me got two all-time. You didn't want Marcus Colston? (laughs) Hey, he was a beast, though. Who'd you get, the Jags? Yes. (laughs) Do I have another running back? Mm Mm-hmm. Give me Maurice Jones Drew. I thought you were wiping the floor with me. <laughs> the Bucks. You can't go, Tom. I'm not. I already have Drew Brees. Um, dude, I might go there. Two thousand defense with Warren Sapp. And- Ooh, that, that's a good one. With uh, what's their quarterback's name? Brad Johnson. They won a Super Bowl. They do. What? Jets. <laughs> what do I have? Do uh, I you have? need a wide receiver and a flex. Wide receiver and a you flex. You know, Brandon Marshall. Jets. Or, wait, hold up. Let me think. Let me think. You could go LaDainian Tomlinson. <laughs> Give me Jets, Brett Favre. Really? No. No. Oh. Um... Oh, wait, you still need an O-line. Just give me their own line. Just like... Which one? Jets? Just The Jets. one that they were with Joe Namath uh, <laughs> in the 70s. All right. I'm so angry right now. <laughs> you have the Panthers. And Steve Smith, Steve, senior. Yeah. My team's kind of filthy. Shut up. Hey, it's better than my all-prison squad. Did you get another bad one? I got the Eagles. Bro, wide receiver. Um, Deshaun? Jackson? Yeah. They hit Terrell Owens. Ooh, that's a good one. Terrell, yeah. You want to measure your wide receiver or your flex? It's wide receiver. You're welcome. I'm glad I could help you. I, gre- I greatly appreciate it. Played with a broken leg. Bull, uh, Bills. <laughs> they have a good tight end. OJ Simpson. Uh, no, I actually have no idea who. I'll, the I'll, was. I'll go their O line. Okay. Current. Uh, my last. I got one more, right? Yeah, you need a flex. Giants. Um. Odell. Put. Who? I was gonna say Odell. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, give me Lawrence Taylor and have him be a tight end as your flex. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. No, nah, give me. You got what, Victor Cruz? Give me Tiki Barber. That's a hot. That's that's awesome. I I miss the Barber brothers. He was on my defense the two thousands. Uh, uh, what's it, what's his brother's name? Ronde Barber. Ronde. Akib Talib was on that team. What do you have? What do you need? I need a tight end. Uh, Lions. <sighs> Dan Campbell. <laughs> I'm putting Dan he Campbell. Was, he was a I know. Before. I'm putting Dan Campbell. Bite and kneecaps. He wasn't bad either. No. Well, you want to read off our teams to the... Right now, our team is... Our teams are terrible. Or my team is. I have Tom Brady. Mar- great start. Maurice Jones-Drew. We're going off hot. Bo Jackson. Tyreek Hill. Terrell Owens. Tyree kills Terrell Owens might be nasty. It's kind of um, good. Tony Gonzalez, which is a good pick. Tiki Barber. Uh, the defense is the 2000, 2000s Ravens, and the offensive line is the Jets. The Joe Namath, the <laughs> 1970s Jets. Um, Avery has Drew Brees, LT, got the 2000 represent. Yeah. Uh, Marshall Falk got the GOAT, Jerry Rice, in, in Avery's opinion. Um, then you got Dan Campbell, who's his <laughs> tight end. You got Marshawn Lynch, who's his flex. Bills O-line, that's current. And then the defense is the 2000s defense for the Bucks, with Warren Sapp in them. Well, Whose team wins? Uh, your team definitely won. Um, so we will see you guys next week. We yeah. greatly appreciate you listening. Hopefully Connor will be back with us. Um, it has been one of disc golf and football and, and politics and yeah. So you guys tune in next week. Cause you really don't know what you're going to get. We might talk about modeling. We might talk about the top rappers in the game right now is cheerleading a sport.
Is cheerleading a sport? Yes. Not competitive ones, though. I would go with cheerleading is more of a sport than esports, though. We should talk about this. Yep. Not tonight. No. But, All right, uh, guys. Go play, go play disc golf. You go play disc golf. <laughs> Had the exposure. Um, we will see you guys next week. Later. We're going to.